Kill, I'm allergic to you. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Terms of Endearment. Welcome to Sports, the John cast. Uh, the podcast that ends with a question mark, but starts with John. I'm Katie Nolan. She's Ashley. Hi. And here's John. Hey, Katie, Ashley, and Travis. This is John from Atlanta again. And, you know, I just wanted to call in and say thank you. Um, you know, being surprised just to casually pull up the podcast before work and to hear my voice come over was really special and, you know, shared it with some of my family and friends and, you know, it was just really, really nice. And I don't know if other people called back to say thank you, but thank you. You know, it was a really, really nice day for me. And Frank, I've re- re-listened to this a couple of times and the end promo for The Running Man uh, left me visibly <laughs> shaking and uh, <laughs> too funny uh, that in exchange. Um, so thank you guys. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Wow, John. Uh, lo- love you. Mean it too, buddy. And and while that was a very nice voicemail, you were specifically instructed to call back and read <laughs> a transcript from Tuesday's version of this podcast. So oh that God. we could release it for today's podcast. Could you imagine if that was somebody's job to write a I transcript mean, of our podcast? I could imagine. I could imagine, as it was, in fact, John's job. Um, <laughs> so while the, the thanks are much appreciated, uh, I guess we will have to make a podcast, a second <laughs> podcast, which I don't think anybody was expecting us to do. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I would say even selling ads for two podcasts in one week would be a lot of work. So guess what? We didn't do it. <laughs> this really screwed up our plans. But, you know, I was looking forward to John singing Creed talking about Simply, simply Safe. Coors. Um, but, okay, we, uh, the show must go on. So, Travis, do we have another voicemail maybe we could try? I, I wasn't, I wasn't prepped. Let me see if I can find one for you real fast. I didn't do anything for this podcast. Shocking. <laughs> Seems to be the theme. Hey, Katie, Ashley, and Tristan, Tristan, Katie, Ashley, and Tristan. And this is Alexander from Dublin, Ireland, again, what's up? Um, I, uh, my question is, if you could add one type of celebration or tradition to a post-championship win, so, you know, like the spraying of the champagne or the dumping of the Gatorade or something, what would you do if you were on that team? Um, if you could make sure that it like stays in the traditions forever. Kissing. Love you guys mean it. Whoa. I think they should uh, uh, love you and mean it, Alexander from Dublin, Ireland. Just get kissing on the mouth. Maybe not this year. Mm. Although, as we will discuss later, uh, maybe. I don't know. Apparently, virus. Who cares? Sports. Um, but uh, just, just there needs to be more love. Let's put more love in those celebrations. Kiss each other on the mouth. Ashley, what did you what do you think? Uh, I was thinking everyone should have to try to build a human pyramid. Oh, that's good. That's uh, always team uh, building once you've reached the peak of being a team. You guys did it, but can you trust fall into one each other like, one another's arms? The awkward, like, well, come on, you're the biggest. You gotta get on the bottom, like someone who's trying to organize it. Like uh-huh. half the people are taking it way more seriously than the other half. You know, and so they're like trying to balance and pose and like be silly, like while you're getting sprayed in the face with champagne, because now they don't have to worry about getting hurt because they mm. just won. Mm. I just think that'd be a fun visual. I also think I wouldn't, mind, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if the winning team dropped off their laundry to the losing team and we're like, 
all right, guys, go go do our laundry. Oh, what if they did butts up? Like the losing team all had to line up against the wall and get pegged with whatever ball they play with? Well, see, that's not – you'd have to start at the beginning of butts up, which is like you'd be playing a whole nother game, and then we'd have World Series butts up, and it's like I'm staying up too late as it is. So I think – I understand what you're saying, but you can't just say play butts up, and what you mean is throw balls at a bunch of people lining up against a wall. That's the okay. result of butts up, but yeah, the gameplay is. is important. Okay, so throw balls at the losers lined up against the wall. And I think that's too violent. I, I, again, I understand the path you walked to arrive here, and we all do walk our own paths. But I'm telling you, bad path? I don't think so. Probably not. I think laundry and kissing. I don't see what the issues are with what I've put on the table. Travis, you seem like you have something you want to say. If it's an objection to your new name being Tristan, I don't care to hear it. Go ahead. Just in go out on the field context? and slip and slide all over, especially if it's the opponent's field. Now they got to worry about cleaning that mess up. Just have some fun. Mm. Like they yeah, do during rain but delays? Like, but but, but you have the champagne just rain all rain. over the tarp. And A champagne slip and slide, says Travis, man who can't even get a microphone for his podcast. You are oh, that um, willy-nilly with the spending of your funds that you want to use champ. What's up? <laughs> okay, I'll stop the great point I was making so you can give the uh, update on your microphone. Right now. Wow, that's not actually an update. Uh, they are sending him as a as a means to reinforce their point that, hey, bud, we need you to send this out. They're sending him, I assume, another shipping label because I bet it came with one. As someone who has a bunch of stuff in a pelican in my living room with a shipping label, I bet I get sent a second one as a, hey, you want to send that? Or So good update. It's a good update. So champagne slip and slides, kissing, laundry. I think those are our best. Those are all good. What a great um, podcast. Neither of mine were included. Murder? I didn't say fraud. You said human pyramid first. Human pyramid because you want to tell people that they're fat. So (laughs) body shaming and firing squad were your two suggestions. I think firing squad is the right is the right (laughs) word to describe what you called butts up. I think they were good ideas. I think they're all good ideas. I think this entire podcast is full of good ideas. If you have any good ideas. Like, you know, John calling in and reading a transcript of Tuesday's podcast. You can always leave off a voicemail. She says with a twinkle in her eye at 860-506-5571. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Trav, did you just bust out your mason jar already? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Smurf. The, like... The the closeness, it's not fair to you, Travis, I guess. It's not really fair to either of us, you or I, but the closeness of my wake-up time to your mason jar drinking time <laughs> is just an overlap that shouldn't exist. Like, when we don't have the podcast till 3, I'm like, cool, I can sleep till noon today. But you aren't doing that. But then when I'm like, all right, this is the first thing in my day, and you're already drinking wine. It's doing bad things for me mentally. Eight, which is sleeping in, and it is three thirty, and we have bad, and we have bad threat talk. Yes, and as I, as I literally just spent my precious words explaining, you're right, but it's off putting to, to me I just want to make sure because I'm like, I'm just waking up. People know that you're yeah, not. I specifically gotta, said it was three o'clock. Yeah, Nobody yeah. thinks you're drinking in the morning. I promise I will be the one who gets made fun of for this anytime I bring up my sleep schedule 
the subreddit lets me know Ashley's okay. right and I am wrong. And yeah. I'm fine with that because this is the life I lead and I'll waste time with other people's opinions on my opinions. <laughs> um, sure. So, uh, hi, I think was the question. Yeah. How are you? Good? Great. Nothing. This is the part that's going to be weird about this podcast. Nothing really new since Tuesday. Uh, I started watching, did I already say this? Halt and Catch Fire, a show that I find to be very good, I think. You either told me that when we hung out. That's why we can't hang out. (laughs) I've done done the same thing where I'm like, did Ashley and I talk about that in person? Or did we talk about it on the podcast? This pod or not. Oh, that's what you, okay. Very helpful. No. So I didn't say it on the pod. I don't think so. Well, then let me tell you, pod listeners, started, okay, that's good. Immediately go back <laughs> on that. That's what they always say you should do in a job is state your value and then immediately discredit it right after. Uh, I've started watching Halt and Catch Fire, a show on AMC from a couple of years ago. I think it has like four seasons. It's one of those shows I've heard smart people say they like. Well, that's what I was likes, right? Yeah, but other people too. But Mina, yes, loves it. And so I heard it enough times. You know, they say everything takes seven touches in order for you to act on it. And I think I finally got my seventh touch. I was like, all right, I'm not doing anything else. I finished Watchmen, which was another show I just watched that I really liked that I thought was two seasons and I'm devastated I'm not is not. Uh, And so I like it. That's my update on what I've done since Tuesday. (laughs) So, or Monday. Monday. Uh Yeah. It is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What 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 new dogs have peed in your house? No, just just yours still. Mm. Still got cool. the stain on the bench. I got to figure out. Golly, it didn't take it out. <laughs> I use that stuff that's supposed to be good for dogs, and then I I'm realizing I don't think it's good for upholstery. I mm. guess it doesn't actually take out a stain. Mm. I keep forgetting to clean it. I'll, I'll just get you a new bench or if possible, a new bench cushion. Just let me know. I didn't, I don't, no, that sucks. It's stop. your new house and she peed all over it. Oh, my kid peed on the same bench. Your kid's yours. Dog's yeah, mine. I, as Myrtle, much as Steve thinks Myrtle's herd is, is, is Myrtle's herd, Myrtle's his dog. Why was that so hard? Um, he does. She love is, Myrtle. she is mine. So I will take full responsibility for her actions. The other day I was walking behind him and he had his phone open and he was lo- just looking at the picture of Myrtle's That's paw on his hand. <laughs> so weird. Watching him take that picture, I'll say, was a, it got uncomfortable for me. He was laying on the ground. Myrtle put her paw on his hand, which is one of the million th- cute things she does to distract you from the fact that she hates you wow. and sucks. Um, she does not. She d- we're upset with each other right now. She will not eat her food. She's doing the thing where like, Whatever permutation of getting it to look like something she'll eat, she'll do that for three days happily. And then after three days, she's like, what's this? I would never eat this. I'm like, you just, you loved it yesterday. What's up? Like, you're mad at me. But I'm trying to remember that part of it is that she might be scared in some way because I am putting unknown aggressive energy into the universe because I'm upset with her for not eating. So I'm trying to be nice to her. So when I say something mean about her on this podcast, just know it's because I'm not saying it to her, but I'm upset. 
Speaking of, I saw a lot of people say seatbelt harness for dogs. I know. I know. I realized afterwards, after uh, speaking openly about the struggle of trying to get my dog to like a car, that there are probably like dog safety measures I really didn't follow in trying to get her to your house. Uh, I don't think it was a safety thing. I think it was like a a help you thing. Yeah, I, I think so too. But I also genuinely went, oh, wow, you just talked about how you couldn't get a living thing to sit still in a, in a car that had you crashed probably wasn't safe. Uh, so it just made me kind of realize like, oh, you not only was it frustrating, but it was probably irresponsible. So I have, I ordered that. Um, I can't remember, Travis, perhaps you can help me with your new role. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if I said on the pod that Kelly sent me a link to like a hammock that goes in the back of the yes, car that, and I, I put the dog in it. Or if that's just because people on the internet were suggesting that to me. And I was like, okay, thank you think. So uh, I have it. It's here now. Um, And we'll see. You want to test it out? In Ashley, I will come back over. I I just asked if you wanted to. to I think if we've learned one thing so far in this pod, it's that when we hang out, we forget what we said on the pod. (laughs) It makes the pod worse. And we've got two now because John clearly has shown, while grateful, that he's not helpful. Mm. So uh, we'll, we will meet. You haven't again. even gotten the stain out yet. Mm-hmm. You want her back Someday. over already. Let's get the stain out first. Trev, imagine, Travis, imagine love. Imagine like friendship and love. Now. Imagine caring more about a person and personal connection than a bench. Couldn't be me. It's going to be like, Katie, it's my birthday in January. Can you please come hang out with me? Like, that's the next time I might see her is January. I'm not going to lie. I texted I texted Andrea and was like, yo, our house is big. It's too big. I think we should start going over there. Some of her space. Yes. I was just like, it's God, too big. So much. I know. And I texted her and I was like, it's, I'm going to be honest. Ashley's house is rude. And us just letting her have it and not invading it is us sleeping on an opportunity. Let's start inviting our friends over to Ashley's house. God, I think I would that's what that. we have to start doing. We could spread them out. Everything's fine. Well, we don't have that many friends, so it'd be a small party. Yeah. Well, Andrea's got a lot of friends, so you don't know. You don't know. As a person in high school who didn't have that many friends, I'll tell you that does not stop a large number of people from showing up to your parties. You know, it does though. Pandemics. Yeah. So. Well, you'd think. Uh, this one <laughs> seems to be starting to lose a little bit of strength. I think people are a little bit less scared of it than they have been just out of exhaustion, which is always a sign of good leadership it means we've got good parents letting us know what matters and what doesn't you, f- you feel me dog. I'm d- insane today. Today is a lot of news. There's a lot <laughs> of news and it's smacking me in the face. Well, let's get to it. I let's don't, this news. I don't see why not. Uh, mental health update. I, I already, I just gave mine by accident. <laughs> I'm having a tough day. Yeah. Well, if that's all you want to say about it, <laughs> then that's all we'll say about it. And we will move on. Because I think today, I guess this is official pod business. We like to let you know where you are in the pod. Um. Uh. Well, I guess that would technically be tease. Official pod business, we don't have any ads. So that's, uh, I guess you could call that lack of official pod business. <laughs> official pod non-business. We don't, today's uh, today's podcast is brought to you by you. And so, cool. <laughs> we are the PBS of podcasts. Um, today, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to um, talk about the World Series because somebody won it. Stay tuned. Uh, and there were some big stories surrounding it. We'll probably touch on, I don't know, wasn't there a story? I just saw it break, so we'll have to read it on pod, which is always good content, about the Super Bowl allowing fans this year. So we'll talk about that. I'm sure Travis wants to say something about college football, and we will probably let him do it. Um, we've got a Bachelorette update. Then we've got a Bachelorette after the update. I've been told via Twitter and also in the pre-pod meeting – I guess is what you could call it when we log on to this and chat for a little, that the episode of The Bachelorette this week was wild. Mm. I also think it's pretty fascinating that I make money uh, doing like this for a living, and I still can't pronounce Bachelorette without just powering right through it. It's a very hard <laughs> word for my mouth to say. Bachelor, bachelorette. So I've heard the episode of Bachelorette was fascinating this week, and so we're going to talk about that for a little. I saw in the Reddit and there's proof you can check. So it's not just that I love this segment and nobody else does. Someone in the Reddit said they miss Hot Tab Tam Time Machine, <laughs> which is the name we settled on for a game in which I scroll through the 700 tabs I have open in my phone's browser and ask Ashley if she's interested in knowing more about the contents uh, or why we got there. So let's, maybe we'll play that if we have time. Let's make a deal. If what? we're under an hour when we get to Hot Tab Time Machine, we can do it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not nice. I don't know why you hate it so much. You loved it. You named it Hot Tab Time Machine. It's the best, most perfect name in existence. It's I'm just, just saying. We've been told that since we're doing two pods a week, we need to make them a little bit shorter. And I'm trying to produce. I've so been told the- that what's the point if there's no ads? So I don't understand what's out. Who are we trying to please? Let's please the people. And the people want to get in this hot tab with us and turn the jets on and go back to a time when all that mattered was saving an article to read for later so you felt like you could tell people that you read it. That's what we're all here doing on this planet. And then another idea I had for another segment I think would really add some joy on a day when we need it. So today might be the day to debut it. I've heard that there's a whole industry of tactical products. Oh, gosh. Like the glasses and the pen that don't make any sense. And so I was thinking we could do tactical product of the week. But again, maybe we don't have time. So rather than go through what we're going to talk about in the pod, let's just start talking about this Dodgers World Series win. (laughs) <laughs> so that we can have time for the fun stuff. <laughs> hey, the Dodgers won the World Series. Woohoo! Congratulations. Uh, sure. Um, two big stories to come out of this one. I guess three if you include Rob Man for being booed, but it's less a story and more just a fascinating observation. Uh the uh what was the score? I mean, I love I love our doc in the sense that we don't Total. think things like that matter. I think it was three one. It was three one. Okay, I thought you said two one. I was like, we are could not be a worse sports podcast. <sighs> they won three to one against the Rays. We think um, important part is uh, the Rays took out Snell, and many were upset that it was too early. Um, I think the. Facts of the matter are that the Rays have said they are an analytics team. They are driven by the numbers. They see numbers as objective and removing emotion. Uh, A thing that's important to remember about numbers is that when you take them as seriously as a team like the Rays 
says that they do, then you know that certain numbers, while numbers don't lie, certain numbers are more important in context than others. There is a heavier weight to certain stats than other stats. So like a lot of people were, you know, one argument to keep Snell in is that he was doing really well. Uh, but statistically, I saw something, God, I'm going to mess this stat up. Why don't you write things down? Uh, statistically, when facing the third rotation of 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 the of batters the third time around snell is doing snell does like 23 percent worse than other pitchers it's just the drop off the third time he sees the batting order is significant and worth paying attention to um so saying he's doing so well up until now is not as relevant a stat as you'd think another thing i saw you know mookie betts does better against uh righty pitchers so like a lefty pitcher is is better to keep in against him, which is true, but the sample size of times is not actually big enough for it to be statistically significant. Another argument was that Snell had already snuck snuck out. He had already <laughs> snuck Mookie Betts out of the Red Sox. Um, he already struck him out twice uh, that game. But then you you have to take that in context of the amount of times Snell has faced Mookie Betts. You cannot place that much more importance on the two at-bats that happened in this game. It's a lot of, it's weird to discuss because it's like we sports fans have always either been told or we believe, or it's just such a part of our interaction with sports that like heart is what matters going out Mm -hmm. there and defying the odds and trying and analytics is like, yeah, it's not really about that. It's about statistically setting yourself up for the best opportunity, the best chance at success. And so we've like, also, no, go no, ahead. go ahead. Please go ahead. Um, we've also talked about like momentum in sports and if that's a real thing or not. And so you're a fan watching the game and it's the middle of the sixth inning and this guy's only given up two hits. You're like, why are you pulling him when he seems to have like a hot hand? And I think, you know, hindsight I don't know that it was the right decision to pull him. Obviously, like that's immediately when the game turned around. But but this is the thing. I think that right decision is is uh, this is so not a sentence. I should say. I was going to say is subjective. It's not. But like it, it. If you're a team that's going to say we are analytics driven, Mm -hmm. if you're if you're participating in that experiment, then you're supposed to stick to that experiment no matter what anything says. Because otherwise you can't tell if it works or not. So there is something to being the team that's like, look, we're doing this by the numbers. And then take what you've learned from your experiment and reach your conclusion. Does it work to do baseball like a computer? Or does it work to follow some sort of an instinct? And then how do you hone? I think everyone's just looking for the secret. But if you Mm -hmm. go back on your, if you lose the controls of your experiment, then it's tough to know if it worked or not. You got to just do it because you set out to do it and it got you this far. Dance with the one who bringed you or whatever we decided that was supposed to be. I think the secret is just Mookie Betts. All right. Well, that's your opinion. I Here I am trying to bring a nuanced discussion to sports and you just want to dunk on me. Mookie was happy that he got pulled and therefore that's how you know it was the wrong decision. Well, one other stat I thought was interesting is they were in the middle of the sixth and he, this season, 
uh, he hadn't pitched more than 5.2 innings this year. So they're already in uncharted territory. And with a one nothing lead, I guess you can't really afford to take a risk, especially when your bullpen has been so good. So I think I agree. Oh, I don't want to say I agree with it. I don't want to say I agree with it, but I think I might agree. I can't say it. I can't finish it. I think I it might agree. If it helps you, uh, I think the mistake might have been in who they went to. Hmm. You could make the argument statistically that Anderson is not the guy you go to in that situation. Again, we're not going to do that here. You can probably find that on a billion other podcasts. But if you're <laughs> like, it's I'm, I'm uncomfortable saying I think they made the right call and da 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 da. It's like it could be that the numbers on the other side of it didn't make sense. Point is, uh, no one will even talk about that as much as they normally would because of what happened uh, and what we found out after the game. Which is that uh, Justin Turner, and there's been question marks surrounding this timeline. I know somebody, was it Ken Rosenthal, who originally accidentally tweeted an incorrect timeline. This is what we, this is the information that we have right now as of taping this podcast. Justin Turner found out on a test taken on Monday, the results of his Monday test for COVID came in during the second inning of the game. So it was this yeah. Monday test that came in during the second inning, and they were inconclusive. So they, when they found that out, they being Major League Baseball, I guess, expedited the results of his Tuesday test and found out in the seventh inning of the bottom of the seventh, I think, is when they pulled him, uh, or right before the top of the eighth, that he had tested positive on his second test. And this was a game, just because days for me, are now question marks. This was a game taking place on Wednesday. No, it was on Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> okay. That's why I was like, wait, what? So it was Monday test came, the results came back during the second inning of Tuesday's game. And then by the seventh inning of Tuesday's game, they had gotten that he had tested positive. They pulled him out of the game. Then, uh, which there was some confusion around, I guess, like people on the field didn't really even notice that he had been taken out. People were like, what's going on? Obviously, your first reaction as a teammate is like, man, this guy played a huge role in getting us here. And now if we're about to win, this is really not fair. And we'll get into what that means, I guess, in a second. But then after the game, when the Dodgers did inevitably win either two or three to one, <laughs> uh, he went out onto the field and celebrated. And uh, I saw a bunch of quotes from people who were like, you know, security tried to tell him he couldn't get out there. But his attitude was like, F it, man, I got to go be with my team. So um, after he tweeted, I'm really bummed I can't celebrate with the guys. Yep. Then pictures surfaced of him out there celebrating with the guys without a mask on, mm-hmm. like crammed together for the team photo, mm-hmm. hugging people. Like Dave Roberts, who is a cancer survivor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if that's relevant to this story. Seems like it, it might be. <laughs> um, so there is now a uh, debate around, you know, if he should have done that. One thing I'm seeing that I find interesting is a lot of people's defense of it is like, he participated in the World Series. He did this. Why it's totally not fair for him to not be able to celebrate and to ask somebody who has been told to put baseball and love of the game before everything in their life, because that's what sports fans do. Sometimes we're smart and reasonable, but most of the time, you left a game to go be with your pregnant wife? Baseball comes first. And so it's like a thing we've always told athletes. Baseball comes first. 
and baseball has come first in this man's life, I would guess, a number of times. And this is why. It's all for this moment. And now he's being told, well, baseball does not come first. You have to go and sit inside. I can understand on a human condition level why being Justin Turner, you're like, screw this. I'm going out there. I can also understand that I think I, in that situation, because of the overwhelming guilt I've been raised with that just weighs on my shoulders, whether I meant to carry it or not, I don't think I would go out and and do that. But I think we've seen across the country that not everybody has that weight on their shoulders. And I think dismissing it as like, you're bad is not understanding that there is something else at play that's causing people to think that they can do this and the rules don't apply to them. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely think, I think Justin Turner is at fault. I think what he did was wrong. I also think more blame rests on Major League Baseball because this is a system you set up, you said was cool. You called a bubble. And and your protocols led to somebody not knowing that their test from the day before was inconclusive, which medical experts will tell you what to do when you get an inconclusive test is assume it's positive until you get the results of a second test. But something in Major League Baseball's protocols, which we were led to believe were like thought about and discussed and concrete, was that it, it didn't prevent him from playing with an inconclusive test. It didn't even require that the results of his test were received before the game happened. That is a failing by Major League Baseball. That is a parent issue that we're now discussing its display in the child. Like, that is, they're in charge. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what should have happened was that the game was postponed. The game was postponed until we figured out if he had it or not. And then... And this is just a a guess, but I would think if Justin Turner didn't play, could not play in the game that was the game they won the World Series, that would suck on a different level, but he wouldn't feel as, as entitled to going out on the field to celebrate. Because Justin Turner's going, I was just out there. I was out there Mm -hmm. for seven innings. If these people are infected by me, they're infected by me. Right. Why right. can't I go back out there? Whereas if the game didn't happen, it's a lot easier to go, Justin, you can't travel all the way to the game and go out on the, you just can't. Might he have still done it? Yes. And then does more of the blame rest on his shoulders and we should pick apart his actions? I think so. I personally think so. Not that he's without blame, but this was major league baseball's problem. And what's fascinating to me, and I can't tell if it's related or not, but everything is so probably is that we're discussing this team that followed the rules to the letter of the law, analytics. It was like, these are the numbers and we don't question the numbers. And like on the other side, we're talking about the winning team going off book. And it's like, I don't know. It just feels like you should have been told clearly what the rules were. There should be no confusion. There's too much confusion about the rules right now. So everyone's just playing a different game because you got to be a real idiot to play by the rules of a game nobody's enforcing because then you're going to lose. But that isn't like (laughs) in the grand scheme of things. And we talked about this a little bit like when we hung out, like 
I think part of the pandemic exhaustion for a lot of people is that you feel like an idiot for playing by these rules that no one else is following. It's like knowing that everybody else is cheating and you're like, oh, cool. Well, I'm never going to win, but at least I'm doing it the right way. At least I'm doing the right right way. According to who? Because no one's telling you it's not being reconfirmed. We're like letting people debate stuff that shouldn't be debatable. Like this has gone on too long. Let me be the first to say <laughs> this has gone on too long. Like we were told that Easter was going to happen, that Easter would be fine. And here we are coming up on Thanksgiving and we're like, first. what the hell are we going to do? Like it's, this is too long to expect people to continue to go. Someone's working on fixing this, right? Yeah. Because we've all been like some, 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 okay. So soon someone's going to fix this, right? And instead it feels like everyone's like, no, no one's going to fix it. So why are you still following the rules that come from a world in which someone was fixing it? It's not being fixed, which is going to lead to chaos. When people who were happy to abide by the rules that nobody upheld, that was, you had a limited amount of time. Because now you're at a point where smart people are going, I, what, somebody explained to me why we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we're only getting the negative side effects and no one's doing anything to stop this virus. And like Major League Baseball is obviously a, a tiny microcosm of the, this bigger picture issue, but it's just this failure of leadership to show that they care about anything other than money and ratings. And it's like, you gotta just postpone the game. Just postpone the game. Well, I have a couple specific issues with this. One, if they have dem- they demonstrated to us that you could take a test on Tuesday and get the results on Tuesday. So why wasn't that done on Monday? Can I just say one thing about that? Because yes, I had please. this thought too, and I couldn't tell if, because a lot of times that we've discussed like, oh, the NBA, every player gets tested when the bubble first happened. I remember people saying, I can't even get a friggin' test. How are yeah. these people, what makes them so special that because what? they play a sport, yeah, I know, Travis, I know it's money. It's a it's a rhetorical question. What makes these people so special that they get access not only to tests, but a rapid test, which I, at the time, haven't even heard of, don't know where to find. And so part of me is like, yeah, if you could expedite the results on a Tuesday to receive them on Tuesday, why didn't you do that every day for all of them? But then part of me goes, well, maybe this isn't just their lab. Maybe it's a lab with other results of COVID coming in. And it's a very hard uh, debate to engage in to say this baseball player's results are more important than this you know, factory worker's results. That is the only reason that I'm like, I do think I believe they should have expedited his test if they could have. So even if they, if that's the case and they can only get them in a certain amount of time, then there's no way that they should start the game until they have the results. The fact that Monday's results didn't come back until the second inning is like, what are we doing? Yes. Why would you well, start? What's the point of the test? Came in the second inning. Why did he not get pulled? And like, I don't know, the third inning. Well, because the second inning was inconclusive, which means from what I vaguely understand is that it was like a PCR test and you can show that you have one of the virus strands, but it can't determine that you have it. I I, I don't know. I've read a lot about testing and forgotten all of it because and I'm also, like, you know what? I don't have space for this. Somebody I hope just knows him, what it is. Should it get postponed? You don't know. First of all, you don't know if it's just him. 
you just don't know if it's just him. Because if it's just him, when did he get it? Where did he get it? Who has he talked to since getting it? Like, yeah. it's it's really hard to know. It's how I felt but didn't know to put words to it when we first found out. Who was it that brought it to the NBA, quote-unquote, right? patient zero? Yes. People were very, very mad at Rudy Gobert. And them. I get it. Rudy Gobert went out there and touched microphones, thought he was completely immune, was like, oh, corona, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out he has it. But in my head, I'm like, well, Rudy got it from someone. He didn't make the virus. So it's like, we got to be careful with the like, you brought it in here and didn't care. He didn't open the door for a wolf. He went outside and didn't realize the beetle was on his back. And then he brought it into that. You know what I mean? It's like a somewhere that virus broke through their bubble. And so I would argue, yeah, if one person's test is negative, your bubble has burst and you have to delay the game until you can figure out one guy has it. Does anyone else have it? If not, the game goes on. Or maybe you discuss whether or not they want to, if it's fair to play a game without a guy you could say is integral to their team. I don't know, but it's not my smurfing job to know. <laughs> it's their yeah. job. And I think we have all this invisible assumption that the people that are in charge are competent and are doing everything they can. And maybe they are, but they're doing everything they can to ensure their business is profitable, not to ensure that their players are safe, not to ensure that we don't criticize them. They don't care about that. They care about money. And it's like, okay, I I don't know what to do to get you to not. Like, if you're if the World Series, the game that wins the World Series is a super spreader event, we're broken, mm. folks. We needed our baseball so bad. We made it so long without it being a problem. And then the I've, last game of the season, they're like, <laughs> everybody gets Corona. Congratulations. Well, they're lucky. They are lucky that the Dodgers won because if they didn't, and this was supposed to go to a game seven, now they have to deal with all these issues that you just talked about. I will say I, think I they would just postpone it because once people know, they're like, oops, <laughs> look at us doing the right thing. You, you don't. You didn't. Um, one other issue that I have with Justin Turner because mm. I I hear what you're saying and what a lot of people have said about you know baseball first and like celebrating with your team and you were already out there and you don't have any symptoms and blah 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 all that stuff. But I feel like even if he decided he was going to go back out, he could have handled it a lot better yes. than he did. Yes. And I think he could have been on the field and sprayed champagne from six feet away. He could have like, you know what I mean? He didn't have to take his mask off, hug people, get up all in their faces. Like that's to me, like there's, there's disobeying an order and there's flaunting it in I the face, agree. not only of the people around you, but also the public. And I completely he agree. Did that option. I completely agree. He has the ability to go to, to his job. Now, also, he has to work, but uh, he has the ability to go to his job, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people won't have an opportunity to go to the job they used to have ever again because it's not their job anymore because this pandemic has cost people their jobs and their livelihoods. And this guy got to do it, and then he went out and was like, virus isn't for me. It was very Kim Kardashian. It was very, I'm humbled <laughs> by my ability to go back to normal on a private island with my closest friends, which is like, that's not anybody's normal. And it's not fair 
Things are worse than normal for us right now. And you're like, oh, remember the simple pleasures of watching a movie on your own private beach? And you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'll never know those pleasures. But I think that it's asking him to have a presence of mind in a celebratory moment he's worked his life for that we don't ask people that are in charge of the rules to have on their regular daily jobs. It's asking him in the craziest moment that's the one you always hope for to be rational and not asking mm. Major League Baseball, whose job it is to let this sport be a safe space, be rational on a regular day. The Dodgers winning the World Series does not affect an MLB executive. I mean, obviously it does in certain types of ways, but they, they didn't play that game and win it, and this is the pinnacle of achievement for them. It's somebody wins the World Series every year. So the Major League Baseball employees should not be affected by the emotions of that moment. They should have done the business thing. They should have done the safety thing first. It's asking them to have a presence of mind in their regular job and asking him to be an aware enough, self-aware enough in a moment of like euphoria to, oh God, this isn't what I should do right now. It's a mistake. I think he made a mis mistake. I think it was a bad mistake. And I think he owes people apologies for it. This is just me trying to understand it and trying to keep my eyes focused on like, but who put him in that position to make a mistake? Mm. I think people might well, think I'm defending him too much. And it's I want similar to, be clear, to how I'm in not. football, when you get a concussion, they take the helmet away from you, so you can't make that decision. Baseball should have, like you said, come in and not allow him to go out there because he's going he's gonna to go out there and play. Yeah, like I, 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 obviously the guy's like, look, I want to go out there. Like obviously I want to go out there and celebrate with my teammates, but someone's job, which was part of their virus plan, was that each team would have a, it's not commissioner, some sort of a, like a person whose job it is to make sure, like a compliance uh, manager. Officer. Yeah. yeah, compliance officer. Their job is to make sure the team is complying. You, you didn't, he didn't comply, officer. You yeah, didn't uh, at all do your only job. So what's up? What were you busy doing instead? Because none of it matters. Your job was to make sure they complied. It's uh, it's it sucks. This whole thing sucks, and it sucks because the Dodgers did work hard to get to where they got, and now this is going to be something we talk about. But it's something we have to talk about because you won the World Series, but then you messed up. You Could know? you imagine, like, if you were on, if you were a member of the Dodgers, like, angry to see Justin Turner coming out? Like, you can't. You know what I mean? I know. I'd be like, get away from me, dude. Like, I love you and everything, but like, don't come near me. Like, you're literally putting all of your teammates and their families at risk. And that's not it's, cool. I mean, it's honestly, if you, if, if having coronavirus gave you something on your face or like something you could see, I really think people would take it. 15% more seriously. Oh, absolutely. Like if it was like, boils. oh, if you've got like a big boil, they'd be like, don't come near me, man. But you just forget because yeah. you're like, you can't remember everything all the time. And in that moment, you're not thinking like, we won the World Series in the midst of a global pandemic. You're like, we won the World Series because if you don't believe it matters, then it's not going to matter anymore. If the team that wins the World Series can't be obsessed with that idea, then why do they fight so hard to win it? This is what everything's supposed to be for. Yeah, that piece of metal. That hunk of metal that we all like want. We wanted him out there. Like, of, co like, of course, <laughs> I did. But you know, there's some players that were like, 
I'd prefer not out there, but they can't say anything. It's Justin Turner. And they're like, they're at the bottom of the roster. They just yeah. have to go with the flow. They can't, they can't voice their displeasure. Yeah. And I forget yeah. who said it. They didn't like give every player a questionnaire. Like, do you want them out here? And they all voted. It was like, it wasn't their all decision. Right. I don't know. It's a bummer. But what isn't a bummer was watching Rob Manfred get booed and really dislike it. Uh, just, I'll tell you that much. It's nice when you don't have to do the analysis of where everyone's brain is on a situation to try to understand it. And you can just say, people booed Rob Manfred and he clearly did not like it. Booing a commissioner is a tale as old as time. It's our, it's, I would say it's our nation's pastime before mm-hmm. baseball. Um, mm-hmm. But he, it, this time it seemed clear that Rob Manfred was not into it. Usually, I think it's a skill I've overlooked with commissioners, their ability to just, I guess, keep smiling and talking, because that's all you have to do. If you're being booed by a large crowd of people, and it's clearly not going to stop, and you're not going to do anything with your personal actions outside of this moment to keep them from booing you the next time you speak in public, then you just got to keep talking. Because the second you stop, it's like, it is rattling you. Even if you're taking a breath, if you cough, if you look away, these are all signs that you're uncomfortable, whether they are or aren't. You just have to keep talking. And Rob Manfred did not keep talking. No. And, uh, he was looking and he touched his nose in ways that I do when I'm uncomfortable. And it, the whole thing was a treat. Roger Allegedly. Goodell has really mastered that. Roger Goodell the does smirk. the smile. Like, yeah, the little like. He does the smile of like, you hate me and that pays my bills. Because that's a commissioner's <laughs> job. A commissioner's job is like, we owners own the team. But if people looked at us all the time, then we might get in trouble. So what we need is you, Rodeo Clown, to go dance and absorb all of the booze and all of the hate that you don't really do as much as people think, but there you're going to bear the weight of all of it. And so Roger Goodell's like, oh, you're booing again. That's nice. Let me just go cry <laughs> in the backseat of my eighth car. Um, but Manfred was like, why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? And I can tell you why it's just, we don't have time. I want to get to hot tab time machine. Um, what else? Uh, this story that just broke, I dare, I don't want to ask if any of us have read it yet. No, We can read it together. Uh, is that the NFL is planning for 20% seating capacity at the Super Bowl in Tampa where fans will be in pods six feet apart. That doesn't, Makes sense to me. And masks will be required. Um, Ash, as the one who read it. Yeah, it's not an article. It was mostly just a string of Schefter tweets. Oh. They they basically said, because it's like still developing, at least when we started recording, um, that if for whatever reason, like they have to add an 18th week to the season, like if games get pushed back, the Super Bowl is going to stay on February 7th and they will just eliminate the extra week in between. Um, that off week will will be gone. So no matter what, it's going to be at uh, Ray, yep. it's Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Raymond James Stadium, 20% of people, d- depending on the teams, um, the tickets could be going for like record prices. Mm. I think Ravel tweeted. Yay, Darren. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we know. All we know right now. That yay, Darren was allegedly. I just want that to be out there. I don't want anyone thinking that was a genuine. There's a lot of things we've said in this podcast so far that people could take as genuine that would get us in trouble. I'd be most worried about that one. Um, that not yay, Darren. Thank you very much. It's not the views of Ashley Braben do not reflect the views of this podcast as a whole or ESPN. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna just say it. And again, boy, speaking from a place of privilege, going to the Super Bowl is not as cool as you think. Yeah, that's just you. 
No, it, I yeah. don't think it is. The <laughs> yours, okay, yours, your Super Bowl experience, and I've had the best one, and will it will never top it. I'm actually at a point where I'm, I might not go to another Super Bowl because I'm like, this was the best one. Super Bowl, the people at a Super Bowl are like suits. It's a corporate. It's a corporate. There's a event. lot of suits. It's very corporate. It's very hard to get a ticket. It's very expensive. You'll get a couple pockets of fans. You get a couple people like Ashley. You got to go to that game. Like you're who should be at the Super Bowl. But that's not said it. Yeah. That's not what it feels like when you're there. Obviously, I'm also speaking as a person who doesn't think football is the best sport to watch live. I think hockey is the coolest sport to watch live. I think football, for me, loses something in the stadium. I don't think it's the best one that we have. I mean, basketball, I think if you could sit close, that's it's a completely different experience than watching it on TV. Football is a different experience, but in a negative way for me. You miss me, a lot when you're there opinion. at the game, watch the play. There's been times where I'm like, did someone get injured? I didn't even notice. Like, ah. Oh. But, um, again, that's me. There are some people who are better at paying attention to it and keeping track of it. And sometimes I just need a little bit of help assisted by a graphic that I didn't even realize I needed or a, a line from Collinsworth or something. Yeah. That's me, but personally. You've also gone in, like, work or work tangential capacities every time. Like, imagine going with, like – your dad and your but this brother. is what I'm but this is what I'm saying and you're getting real That's drunk an idealized Super Bowl that does not exist well some I mean it does for some people and for I think that's when you have to spend a lot of money not most that's the thing yeah there is a so huge expensive. barrier for entry to the Super Bowl and the people that can surpass it are not the type of fans I think you want to be around when your team wins the Super Bowl is my only point. Going yeah. to them, if you're just there to watch the game and you're with one or two or three, however many people that you love, it doesn't matter. That's still great and awesome. I'm just saying if there were one game where it's like, we're not going to do fans, 20% seating capacity at a Super Bowl to me means it's going to be all advertising partners, marketing, networks. There's no way those people are going to be so like, I, let the fans have at it. I, it's the, the I just did They're going to be the ones search. who win. Tickets are around four thousand to five thousand on average dollars, which is fine for the average home going through some <laughs> sort of an economic struggle right now in the midst of a pandemic. Who doesn't have four to five thousand dollars without parking or travel yep. um, to go to a game, one game that their team may or may not be playing in, and they may or may not have to decide on if they want tickets before they know that for a fact. I just think, uh, hot take, nobody needs to be at the Super Bowl. Except for family members. That or not. Hot take. Hot take. Oh, I like family. I like that. Yeah, send their families. Families only. Which I bet, I don't know if you could get to 20% capacity. I don't know the capacity of Raymond James. And like well, I said, you don't need I would to look it up, but Adam Schefter really want to get to hot tap time machine. 15,000 and 15,000 for Raymond James Stadium. Is yeah. is the twenty percent of their capacity? Yeah, that's more than friends and family, Katie, by a, by a lot. So just to disprove any point I was even flirting with making, uh, it's not. I didn't say it, so it's okay. Um, Carlos Dunlap, who was on the Bengals and wanted to not be, isn't anymore. That's your news. Uh, he has been traded to Seattle. So hopefully, his house sold. Um. If not, maybe he can rent. 
I don't know. Wife swap, as we discussed. I mean, which – and somebody brought up, and I'm mad at myself for not being the one who brought it up, that in baseball, two players did that way, way, way back in the day. That. And yeah. I've always looked for an excuse to bring that up, and it was staring me in the face. And shout out to whoever on our subreddit was like, this happened, because it, <laughs> I should have seen it. And I'm, I, I'll do better. I'll be best. Um, Travis, I felt like you had something you needed to say there, but then you stopped. Perfect. Um, the Texans also another quick news that don't worry, we won't talk about. They've closed their facility because an unnamed player has tested positive for COVID. Conveniently, they are on a bye this week. So stay tuned. Those are that's your news. What's <laughs> happening in college football? Uh, Wisconsin's Travis? game with Nebraska canceled. They have six players and six coaches. Wisconsin that is that tested positive, including their six starting quarterback coaches. and their head coach. Yeah, well, so the they already ones. have a game. Yeah, didn't Wisconsin have like well, no like, quarterbacks? Report, left? The rumors were that the backup was also going to be out with COVID, so they're on to like their fourth string quarterbacks. So now the players, if the rules are what they said they are, the players are done for 21 days. So, jeez. If the rules are what they said they are, <laughs> put it on a t shirt. No, you're like, that's 2020. If the rules are what we said they were, well, then I think we can expect but, them to not play for 21 days. But since they aren't, could they, could stay Wisconsin tuned. Play in two weeks, that is yet to be determined because you just have it has to be under five percent of on a seven day average. So who knows what that? Yes. That's math, and I don't do that. Right, right, right. Mm. Ashley does, but I'll handle it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's just these are the rules, but anything could happen between now and then. So rather than give you an answer, we will give you yet another question mark. Brought to you by sports. Um, (laughs) uh, A big headline from today is that Daryl Morey, former uh, GM for the Houston Rockets, is finalizing a deal to, or finalizing or in late talks of a deal, varying headlines. Uh, to become the 76ers' new president of basketball operations. Woot, woot. I mean, <laughs> none more happy than Pablo Torre, I imagine, <laughs> in this moment, who is a big Daryl Morey fan and famously a very big 76ers fan. So shout out to him. Also shout out, I know we do this later usually, but uh, I listened to a clip from ESPN Daily this week uh, that Pablo did about uh, Mike Tyson's podcast. And uh, go look it up. I tweeted at him about it. Maybe that's how you can find it. It's a very, very interesting clip um, about a, a a person that I think I wouldn't have been open to hearing about, but was it? It was. It made me think. Really makes you think. Uh, I think you should watch it. So that's Pablo talked about Mike Tyson's Mike Tyson's podcast. podcast. Yep, okay. he did a podcast about a podcast, which is apparently a thing that people do on a daily basis mm-hmm. there are entire podcasts where they recap another podcast well there's i mean there's shows Re- that recap other shows so yeah, yeah i guess it's sure. consideration You're right but it still makes you feel like what level I mean, of life are we living job. at how many aboard one how many levels how many layers are we putting on over our our bodies our life bodies it's like what we're doing podcasts <laughs> about podcasts three hour podcasts about three-hour podcast? Yeah. What are you John doing? To do our podcast for us. Shut up. I will not be self-aware <laughs> in this moment. I'm talking about other people. Everything we do is right. The Jazz sold for $1.6 billion. Uh, anything else from the week? Because we are 
Nope. I'm, I'm good. able to get you haven't even done cash. the bachelorette. Oh. All right. I just see you put a bunch of stuff under other headlines. I wonder if any of that was important enough to you to bring up. There's quick hits. Uh, Doris Burke was on Greenie's podcast, and he asked her about our um, women, the Secret Society of Women in Sports Media sketch. And she got like really choked up talking about the impact that she has had on younger women in sports broadcasting and like name dropped you and Mina and Cassidy and a bunch of other um, awesome people that we work with. And Travis sent me the audio and I got choked up listening to it and I sent you the audio and I bet you got choked up listening to it. And I just thought we should say, go check it out because Doris Burke is a goat. She's just the best. She, uh, I, te- I, I messaged Greeny and said like, thanks for asking that question because you know, Doris is going to answer it well, but you still want to hear it. And she mm-hmm. told this really emotional story about how she was talking to her daughter about missing coaching, really missing coaching because she used to feel like she could directly impact the lives of young women on like a person to person basis. And that now she doesn't have that sort of direct impact on, on people's lives. And her daughter was like, I think you have more of an effect than you realize. And I, I just also love a story where a, a mom learns from a daughter. And like that sort of thing makes me just get all sorts of emotional. Um, and so shout out to Doris, who I hate to say it is a liar. She didn't text me. She messaged me. But you know what? We'll let it slide. Um, Speaking of getting said, emotional. I, she said, I texted Katie right away. And I was like, did you did? Because if I had your number, I'd be calling it every night and asking <laughs> you to talk me off of a ledge. Uh, she messaged me. But she's the absolute She's the absolute best. And it's always good to feel like the people that you believe in, believe in you too. And it was, uh, it was really, uh, it was really great. And I feel selfish saying it, but uh, Doris Burke selfish. is a, is the real one. I think is the thesis statement. What else? Um, happy Mandalorian is back week. Everyone else out there who loves Mando as much as I do. Couldn't, couldn't go without saying it. I okay. can't wait. Can't wait. Did you- See the that was just for me. Uh, did you see the new Saved by the Bell trailer? Yes. Are you going to watch it? I don't know. I had worked out previously, and sometimes when I get in a heavy workout, my brain gets a little confused about what's like a wink of a joke and what isn't, what's mm-hmm. self aware and what isn't. Mm-hmm. It happens sometimes, it's a side effect of lifting and um pretty common it's in all the workout books i think it seemed smart the way they were handling it i think it seemed like a statement on the fact that the original saved by the bell was like a was like a dreamland for privileged kids that Mm -hmm. didn't exist or reflect the experience of high school for most people in our country and it seems like this show is going to be hopefully a smart statement on that while still being funny. I think it's a lofty endeavor. Probably we'll watch it, maybe. Nice. What about you? I think you should watch it and then let us know about it. So you're not going to watch it? I don't know if I'm going to. I would like to think I'm going to, but I still haven't even finished, like, The Boys. I just don't. Ashley brings up a good point. We have The Bachelorette that we inform you about. You should watch this and and inform us about this show, Katie. When does yeah, it come out? Like, uh, great question. Travis, you look it up while I stall. Um, it's kind of like your updates on Very Cavallari, since we are a TMP to those. Do, do, we not, do we not remember 
what happened to those, which is I eventually was like, I don't like watching this anymore. And so I would just watch a, a cut down somebody else would make on YouTube of just Jay's scenes and very cavalry. And I was missing probably important context, but I November it unimportant. Travis, what's up? Next month. I've you got, got some time, time to think about it. I've got, yeah. let, me do, let me think about it. Anything else? Uh, I We don't have to talk about this, but... The, there's been some conversation online about Borat and like the ethics of like how he shoots with people and how much they know and how much they don't know. I thought it was an interesting conversation. Doesn't have to be for today. But I will I just, say you know, uh, I I had this same discussion after watching it because I think you and I are similar in a way that when something is clearly a different lift production wise, you're curious how they pull it off. Yeah. Um. Like when it's why I enjoy watching reality TV because I'm just, I think what I've learned is I'm enjoying watching producers produce and seeing the decisions that they make and how they get things to occur and then internally debating the ethics of all of it. Uh, there were some scenes in Borat that I was like, this person must know. Uh, I think he's even come out and said the scene with the Holocaust survivors, he told them that he was Jewish, that he's on their side, that this is a parody of a person who believes that the Holocaust didn't happen. Because if you don't, you don't get that scene. You walk into that room or synagogue, wherever he was looking like that, you that's an attack. That's, a, that's malicious. Mm -hmm. So I think that he has said that some scenes people did know things. Um, and then I wonder, I'm like, does it does it matter? Are we doing the thing again where one side feels like they have to play by rules and the other side doesn't? And that's why the other side continues to dominate in a way that doesn't feel even. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth discussing here because I don't know if it's worth losing our jobs about. But <laughs> I did enough. find it fascinating. And I think uh, I might have said this somewhere else. So oh, sorry oh, if I'm repeating yeah. myself. Trust me, if you're sick of it, I'm sick of it. Thanks, Travis. Um, but I think that the reason that a Borat sequel was able to be so successful was because he wasn't afraid to trust somebody else with driving it. Like he found the woman who played his daughter and mm -hmm. he kind of let her do a lot of it. And he, it wasn't like, this is about Borat. It has to be about Borat. People love Borat. He like gave everybody the little Borat isms, but he allowed his character to kind of lose and this other character to win in a way that changed him. And I think that was why it was really smart. It, it certainly felt more thoughtful in parts than, uh, than <laughs> Borat of the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I liked it a lot more than I liked the first one. Yeah. I think I did too, but it was so many years ago. I, I don't know if I'm just being, I'm using recency bias either way. I think it's a, a, a huge endeavor that they pulled off, which is like what we're seeing. Um, very difficult to do. Yeah. It's difficult to do things effectively is something that 2020 should have taught you that we've <laughs> always assumed that someone somewhere is competent enough to be pulling this off. And it usually isn't the case. What really fascinated me about Borat is that it feels like, remember when we did, this is inside baseball, um, but very far outside of baseball. Uh, remember when we did searching for J.R. Smith? Yes. And we were like, depending on how this interview with this person goes, the direction of this entire segment could change. Mm -hmm. So we went into it with a day of shooting because we were traveling, but we knew that at 11 a.m., the goal for the sketch 
might be different than by 2 p.m. and that we would have to adapt and think on the fly in order to make the story cohesive. Obviously, it was a segment that was on ESPN+. Plus. I don't even think you can watch it anywhere now on the internet. I think I tried to find it the other day. I don't think you can watch it on YouTube. Hmm. Um, But it's a much different scale than Borat. But Borat had this way of like, that must have been the case for them too. And yet they managed to weave in a storyline that felt like it was the plan the whole time. Yeah. Which was yeah. is is very impressive, and I'm super curious to know like what corners they cut in order to make that happen, or if they genuinely filmed in every situation like eight contingency plans for footage they would later get, I, it, or they just got all the footage with the people first and then built the story around it. it that's probably possible, but I mean, it's crazy. They do yeah. a very good job of of that, a thing that I think doesn't – they make it seem not difficult, and we happen to know it's very difficult. It's very, very challenging. Uh, shall we head on over to Ashley Brabant now for your Bachelorette update? <laughs> Doodly-doo. Hi. I'm Hi. Ashley Brabant. Hi. Here with your Bachelorette update. Guys, it was a doozy. I am going to get through it as fast as I can. If you recall, last episode, um, we had the strip dodgeball incident, and Yosef had decided that he was unhappy with it, and he was going to confront Claire about it this week. So we start this episode with Yosef sitting down with Claire and essentially telling her that she was classless and it was tasteless and how he was embarrassed for like his daughter watching at home because Claire was a bad role model and like he was too good for this and yada yada. And I was kind of like, you know what? He's not saying anything that terrible until he escalated it to like, I'm ashamed to be associated with you. What? Like he was like, it makes me disgusted that like I even will come up when it. Yeah. He really like, he was kind of saying stuff and she's like, yeah, I hear you. Like I minimized like what you felt like you gave up to come here. And I didn't include you on that date because I know you had a daughter and it would probably be awkward for you. But like, I hear what you're saying. Like she was just kind of like rolling with it. And then he just like took it up a notch, started yelling at her when she tried to speak. He like screamed at her for interrupting him. And she's like, you've been talking for 20 minutes. Like it's my turn now. It got really hot and heavy he screamed like, I expected more from the oldest bachelorette in history. Ew. Yeah, it got bad. And so she's she got hot. She started screaming at him about how like she would never want him to be the father of her children and was like, get out of here and like kicked him off. And he was like, glad to go, you know, all that stuff. So it was it was bad. Uh, it was a it was a jump right into this this episode level of intensity. All the men come rushing over. They're like, they want to fight Yosef, you know, but Dale is the one who consoles her and just kind of like holds her and lets her cry and like talks her off the ledge. And oh, I love when I love watching Travis roll his eyes because I can't wait to hear what he's gonna say. Um, and doesn't really say much. But she loves it. And she's like, I am totally falling in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, now just for those of us who are not watching mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah. Dale is the one we essentially know she's going to end up with. 
Dale is the one she's absolutely obsessed with. Yes. She's the one that we don't know yet in the show, but think we know in real life. No, she, you know in the show. He's the one who got out of the limo and she's like, I think I just met my husband. Yes, but I'm saying, do we know in the show that they've been talking during the quarantine time? We know. And yet. that's still a rumor. We don't right. know if that's still true or a not, rumor. But they address it in this episode. Okay. So, and Blake S is no. the one that messaged her or, that we do know broke protocol. Blake M. Blake M. I'm, but wait, they're both Blake M. So it's but, Blake. yeah, but one of the Blakes gets sent home. So I mean, now you there's have just to. Blake. You got to just limit yeah. Blakes. Now there's just Blake. Which right. I think do we start? Did we even start with the rose ceremony? I can't remember. So, so she decides she's too upset to go on with this cocktail party. Jump straight oh. to the rose ceremony. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time, I was too upset to go on with this cocktail party. So the next day, we see um, Diana, who is a former bachelorette from t- the recent year of 2008, sure. uh, show up. I don't mm. know if she went through the COVID protocols or not. It's really unclear. Could also say she's the oldest bachelorette. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it right. it's an old season, very long uh-huh. time ago. Good yeah. joke. Carry on. So she shows up to like talk to Claire about like how things are going, and Claire just only talks about Dale. Um, shares what I found to be a little bit troubling that she has a pair of Dale's pants. Sorry. Uh, I guess on a group date, he split his pants at some point and she was like, you should give those to me. You have to wait, Travis, you know, the rules don't make me be the bad guy. He gave her the pants that he ripped with a bow on them. And Claire is just like, it smells like him. She Sorry? smells his pants. She Sorry. smells his pants and then makes this other woman smell his pants. And she's like, oh, they smell good. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Now, if I may, a you few may. questions. Yeah. Um, what what part of the pant would you say they are smelling? I mean, it, it's important. It's, is, it a the, pa- is it a leg? No. Is it the, the, the front? It's the front, I would say. Pockets? It, it's not, she's not going into the crotch. Okay. But it's... It's like a handful and a faceful of the. She's doing a thing where she's holding the two sides by the pockets and smushing it together. Yeah. In mm-hmm. a way that makes it not look like you're sniffing the crotch of someone's pants. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, but it's it's that vicinity. It's mm. not the bottom of the pant leg. It is the. I think I would front. almost. I would be more offended by the back middle than the. F- Hmm. I actually don't know. As I said that, I'm like, both seem egregious. Now, uh, and makes the other woman smell the pants. I want to make sure you. Yes, I did, and, and I, I feel like I don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> I hear you, and I'm, I will, I will come to terms with that probably sometime tomorrow. Okay. Um, now, does this woman know what I think is common knowledge at this point that men don't think pants need washing? It's unclear. I, if I had to guess, I would say that Dale probably like spritzed him with cologne before he. Yes, gave them to I. Her. Yeah, men think pants are cast iron pans. <laughs> they think that a level of film on them means they're ready. Uh, I have seen men use pants as napkins, which I do as well. And then those same men a week later argue to me that you can't wash jeans. Not that you don't. That you can't, you can't <laughs> wash jeans. And it's like, if that's your mindset, which you're entitled to, then you should also believe you must use napkin. Uh, you can't have it both ways. They don't just eat dirt. It doesn't just become part of the jeans. You either wash the dirt off of them or you don't. 
but you've got to adjust your behavior accordingly. So anyway, she thinks she's in love because Dale had in and out and she smells it on the front of his pants. Yeah, I think so. Hey, I think that's it. So while this is happening, the guys are waiting to go on their group date that day and, and just wait for like three hours. They're like, it's been like three or four hours. They're just sitting around and she finally shows up and she's like, yeah, I decided to cancel the day portion of the date. Uh, thanks for waiting. Um, we're just going to get ready for a cocktail party. Travis just put his hand no, over his I think he's watching TV to be to get oh, okay. further review on the pants. Stay tuned. Oh. Oh, stay tuned. That was so good, Travis. Good job. Uh, I can see like the light reflecting on his face. I'm like, yeah. he's totally watching television. Young Padawan. So she she just leaves him sitting there and then shows up three or four hours later to be like, we're not going to do the date. Actually, we're just going to do the extended cocktail party. So the guys are like, uh, okay. So they what go are to the rules? cocktail party. What I know, right? What are rules? So they go to the cocktail party and it starts with Dale getting up and making this speech about how like they're a band of brothers and they're going to respect each other. But like he's going to pull – he's going to pull Claire aside first because um, he just needs like five minutes with her. And so they, because they're staying disrespectful reference to band of brothers I've ever heard in my life. Carry on. So they're staying at La Quinta, which is, I have come to been informed. A roadside inn. A city. Multiple multiple rooms. Two ice dispensers on each floor uh, and a a vending machine for beverages and also one for snacks. Oh, yum. I like snacks. But they're out of Pop-Tarts. And that Mm. is a La Quinta where they are filming this season. Sorry, go ahead so they just go to claire's bedroom she like takes him to her she's like welcome to my house and they talk for like five minutes about nothing of consequence again and then they just start making out uh trav while you're re-watching can you count how many boners you think dale has to hide in this episode because wow. I, I lost count i think it's, travis, it's a lot that is going to be problematic for me so i'm gonna veto travis boner counting um <laughs> sorry to our listeners but I, I, I we are nothing if not our principles and our principles won't allow that I, oh you're right he did play in the nfl so i don't know if legally we can discuss Can't that count boners okay okay bummer so they make out for i don't know a really long time the guys are all just again at the cocktail party waiting for her and they're like it's been like 45 minutes should we like go find them to the day date right that she canceled on them yeah canceled the day date and then just went off with dale for like 45 minutes to an hour decisions yeah she's she's it's the the Takeaway from this episode is there are so many villains you don't know who to hate the most. Mm. Like they're all bad for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So they finally they get interrupted and then she does like a perfunctory speaking to each of them and says to the producers like they show her, her being like can we just kind of like hurry things along for the rest of these until Dale just comes back into her room. Mm. And he, like, pretends he didn't realize someone else was in there. Like, I don't know if he was, like, sneaking back in and didn't realize another guy was there. But later tells, like, the other dudes he got lost on the way to the bathroom. That's and, not like, true. It, the whole thing was so awkward. So he goes back in. They start getting it on against a wall until someone comes in Whoa. and he has to, again, put his back to the camera <laughs> so that it's in, like, sneak out. Like, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. Um and she's so now like, it's fantasy sweets now because she can do what she wants to do. All she cares about is him. She doesn't care about anybody else. And the which, guys are picking up on it. Which is admirable, but you got to say oh, something. They so they they do. They do. The next day. So they go back. 
people are like, this, this was a waste of our time. She only cares about Dale. She gives him the rose. Everyone's pissed scene so on the next one-on-one she does a spa day with zach J. they do it's so awkward the whole thing's terrible they do pedicures and like rub what guacamole on their faces and like she's a saying goodbye to be like let's go get ready for dinner and like does the hitch thing where she like leans in 90 percent of the way for a kiss but he kind of like pulls back and doesn't kiss her and she looks very uncomfortable and is like huh, and then like tries to walk away this and he so grabs her and is like what happened like why didn't she kiss me she's like what what's it's don't worry about it. he's like wait what's wrong what's going on but like is like kind of forcibly holding her there and she's like it's nothing it's nothing okay i'll just see you later i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and he like won't let her leave and it's this very like it's a very uncomfortable moment and travis i'm curious on your take of it later Thank but you. it's like as a woman i'm like dude let her go like i was a little like alarmed by it like you know when you look at someone you can see how like tense their muscles are when they're yeah. holding something i look like forward he's to- like holding her in place i look forward to watching travis's face when he decides to disagree or agree with this thing <laughs> like ash i think you really overreacted about a way a woman would feel in that situation i think that'll be good uh good pod and i can't wait for the after the final update so she tries to walk away again. He like grabs her hand again. She's like, okay, I'm going to go. This is, I'll see you later. Like the whole thing is terrible. He's like, I don't know what happened. She admits like privately that she's like that. I was very uncomfortable. Like we know she's had uh, like an abusive past. We don't know what exactly that meant, but she's like, that triggered me. And I don't want to talk about it with him. I don't want to see him again. So he's the next scene is like him just sitting at the dinner waiting for her and Chris Harrison shows up and he's like, she's not coming. And this was with not to imply I wasn't listening, but the man (laughs) who did this to her was whom? Zach J. Just a random dude. Got it. And so she's just like, no, no, not Dale. She's like, I don't, I'm not interested in any of this. She doesn't like any of them anyway, but she's like, I don't even want to have to talk about what happened. I don't want to relive it. I don't want to see him. So Which I believe is her right. It sure is. As is her right to not tell us what her issue is with it specifically. That is okay of her. I'm a, it's like I'm on board with each of her decisions individually, but then you look at them like a yes. little bit more removed. Well, because you know that in this world, it's like you know what's happening and you wish she would just tell you. Yeah. yeah. And like on paper, and I, I'm getting to the next part, but like well, in more. this episode, leaves a cocktail party, skips a group date, doesn't show up for a one-on-one dinner, and then doesn't give a group date rose. Like she's blowing up the bachelorette. And you're like, the producers are probably losing their minds trying to figure out how to like craft an episode when she won't hit these beats. But if yes, you think Katie, about it, if if everybody is a villain and this is essentially bachelorette, bachelorette suicide <laughs> squad, this is what they should have seen coming is that she's just blowing the whole thing up. It is the most 2020 bachelorette that there could be <laughs> in which rules don't exist. We live by different ones. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. So the next group date is a roast. Everyone is very excited. Good idea. Always good to just start picking on people for laughs when the the mood is tense. It's always the best time for a roast. Boy, do these people have the best timing. So I skipped a part. Like they kind of confront Dale about like monopolizing her time. And he says that he's like, he thought he was best suited to like console her after the Yosef stuff. And people are like, oh, you think you're better than us? You're the best suited. I'm like. So that that You're becomes the running theme. So they're all the guys are like, great, 
Dale's not on this group date. It's going to be fantastic. It's just us with Claire. But turns out the roast, the guys who are on the group date are going to be making the jokes and the live audience is all the other contestants. So Dale is there. Margaret Cho is there also. Don't know if she went through COVID protocols or not. She must have. But she's there to help them like write the jokes or whatever. As you can predict, painful to watch. Everybody goes after Dale. Their jokes aren't funny. They're like, they're like mean and again, not funny. And like, uh, wouldn't you know it? Roasts are hard. Yeah. There yeah. are comedians who are like, I really don't do roasts. They're yeah. very hard. Stop thinking that because somebody in your office once told you you're really funny and you could do stand up that you can <laughs> do it like they can. It doesn't mm -hmm. make stop setting yourself up to fail. Or stop having producers of a national television show set you it's up to fail. Like, I mean, I think that's probably what they were going for. Like, <laughs> hey, look, we're going to get rid of all these guys. Let's make you hate them first. Yeah. So she's like, everyone rags on Dale in hopes that it's going to like open Claire's eyes. Yeah, pick on the like guy him. she's hugely obsessed with. That'll go well. Instead, she, is, she, she doubles down and spends every one-on-one -on -one conversation trying to talk about Dale and I'm like shocked. what he said. And all the guys are like not taking the bait. They're like, you know, I'd really rather just talk about us. Like nobody will answer her. And she gets pissed. So they... She comes out and they're, they kind of had a conversation that's like, does anyone feel like their relationship with Claire advanced at all tonight? And they're like, nope. And she comes out and she's like, I really didn't get what I needed from any of you. So I'm going to, I have a lot to think about and I'm not going to give anybody this rose. And they're all like, what? So she leaves and does this confessional where she, by the way, Trav, I don't know if you noticed this. She holds every rose like it's a communion cracker, like with two hands like this. A cracker. A communion cracker. Isn't that what they're called? Isn't it called the host? I don't think it's called a communion it's cracker. A little body, a the tiny it's, body if anything. Yeah, if anything. It is a little wafer, isn't no, it? No, if anything, I've heard it called a wafer. I have not heard it called a cracker. I'm sorry, I didn't realize there was That's such a okay. hot... That's our controversy right. between just, a cracker and a wafer. Well, my mistake. Well, I think it's about it being the body of Christ. She holds Amen. the tiny body of Christ. Yes. And gives herself a rose because she's proud of herself for not. Like, I'm sorry. You're being stuff. serious now. This isn't a joke. She gave herself a rose. Yeah. She gave herself the rose in privately, not in front of the dudes because she's like, I know what I want and I'm not taking crap from anybody. Blah, blah, blah. And that's why I'm still on this show where I have to pretend I don't know what I want. So as she's walking away, she flat out admits to a producer that she's like mad because they were all um, ripping on her fiance. She calls him her fiance. Excuse and so we're me? like, why are we still doing this? Uh, and then the whole like thing for next time is the show is blowing up and the very last frame you see of the promo is Tasha. Slow, super slow mo, getting out of a pool, wet in a bikini, and I was like, "I need Travis to is making rewind faces that. that make me uncomfortable." What? Travis is making a lot of faces while you do this that are making me uncomfortable. It's, she did not play a professional sport, so we can objectify her. I legit watched that more than one time. I was mm. like, "My goodness, I'm mm. so excited for her to be the best." <laughs> and so, just so we're clear, we think mm -hmm. that this woman who you're saying is so beautiful Tasia. is going to inherit. 
this ragtag group of annoying boys. I and don't we are know. supposed to be excited that she gets to watch them fight over her. Well, I don't know. I I'm not comfortable saying the group of men is annoying. Like I'm Yosef always, was unfortunately, mad. I'm usually comfortable saying that. I have I to really work, like Easy. I have to work on that. Okay. I really like him. Okay. Like there's I like Rodney, I think his name is. There's a couple guys in there that I would like root for, but I am very curious from Travis a production just made a face standpoint. that told me that there's either no Rodney or that he finds Rodney Rodney, very unattractive. I don't know, but we'll find out in a second when you wrap it up. I'm curious how they handle it from a production side. Yes. Um, And and I am really looking forward to it because it's like, I don't know how the beats are going to play out. We know she's replaced. I don't know if she leaves, if she's kicked off, like if something goes wrong with her family and she needs to go like help her mom. I don't know. Can't wait to find out which, ooh, brutal news, guys. Um, There is something rather big happening on TV next Tuesday night. So we have to wait until next Thursday night to watch and find out. So you mean what? The election is on Tuesday. Oh, that's right. So the the <laughs> so what? <laughs> so the uh, episode is going to air on Thursday. So next week we won't have we a bachelor. We can't talk about it until the next. And this is confusing to some listeners because we've been talking about our recording schedule, <clears throat> Travis, versus our release <laughs> schedule. And so you won't hear us give another bachelorette update until not the Tuesday Tuesdays. coming up. And I'm not the there, next but, uh, Tuesday. Yeah. We will see you next <gasps> Tuesday. I'm sorry, lovely. Travis. What? That's when he's at the Masters. Which is why this is when we're announcing that <laughs> there will be a special guest host of the After the Update like, update. Yeah. Wow. What? And that was your update. doodle doo Thanks, Ashley. What did yeah. you say, Travis, Nothing. just then? It's my turn. Were you going to make a request no, for who the guest host was? You, yes, that is what Travis said. Not now, now let's head on over to Travis for your after the Bachelorette update update. Do 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 do. Oh my god, Travis! What? Who Play it again for you? Play it again. And now the Bachelorette after after show. Not I hate you so show. much. I hate. I'm upset. <laughs> I will let you continue in protest. <laughs> Who is that? My voice person. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Go ahead, Travis. It's your, Do it. It's your time. Right, You've so set the stage. Now Joseph shine on. was right with his uh, not liking the strip dodgeball, but apparently it was a 20-minute conversation, and he took it a little too far. But then all of a sudden... There was a group mm. of guys that were like, what's going on? And they started acting all tough, yelling at him. And then out of nowhere appears Dale. He, he had not been shown with that group at all. Mm. And he just comes running out there like stupid Superman to, to consult her. And it's just like, Dale, like, mm. come on. Can, I know I'm not supposed yes, to talk, yeah. but can I talk really quick? Uh, Did you see that? He, let, did me, you, let me think. Sure. It's a good one. Did okay. you see that he used to be a, or still is, question mark, a party city model? And there's a picture yes. of him in a Superman costume, also a taco. Um, <laughs> Worth looking also, up. Please just continue. A side Sorry, note, um, I can objectify them. I hate when people wear shirts with jackets that don't, that don't have collars. No, you can't. What do you mean you can objectify them? They don't love to wear oh, the men. these shirts without collars with his jackets. And then Kenny, I get that you 
look good, so you're going to undo a couple buttons, but by God, just button one more up top, please. Too many buttons? How many buttons would you say are unbuttoned? Is it more than our buttons? It's probably 50-50, like 60-40. Whoa, whoa, 60-40 unbuttoned? 60% button, 40% on. Okay, I was going to say, that's a madman. Oh, you're showing me a white screen. Thanks for running my update. Go ahead, Chad. Good. Uh, you tell her. Chris Hansen at one point said, didn't go as planned. Uh, <laughs> really good. Really good. We're looking at photos of him dressed as Superman, a taco, uh, and then sorry, a gladiator. Chris, but this went exactly as you guys planned it. You guys had SUVs. They had SUVs waiting yes, at I, every point someone got kicked off for them. to get. It was like cut down day on The Bachelorette. If you don't have a heavy dose of distaste for Chris Hansen, you're doing the bachelorette wrong. Harrison. Harrison. Chris Hansen is the guy who says, why don't you have a seat? <laughs> Very uh, similar roles on television. To the Sorry, kissing scene with who was it? Ashley? Zach J. Zach J. She pulled back at the last second. And he was, and she was above him. She was already more out of the Ooh. pool. He was, he couldn't get any higher. He could like try to leave. <laughs> He's already pulled over. He can't pull over any further. But then he freaked out, and the second that he reached for it, was game over. He was done. But hmm. Claire, handle your dirty business and kick him out yourself. Handle your Ooh. dirty business? Is that well, supposed to be made, like a dirty laundry mix? Kick him out. Dirty like, work. No, this is, you're the bachelorette. Okay. Explain to him why he's going yeah. home. I think part of that is that if she was triggered with something and she didn't want to have to like relive the whole experience, I get that. If she felt unsafe, then I get it. But also if, if she didn't and she just didn't want to face the music with this particular person, that's also fair. I just right. think it probably was more personal to her than she was willing sharing with a bunch of producers she can't really trust. But I think she could have recovered if he just didn't reach to try to pull her back to figure out what's going on. Yeah, like was, I, that's probably awkward. true for most. If he didn't force the issue, I think he Even probably wouldn't have, have been creepy. Don't grab what? her. Yeah, what good advice? Even before oh, the date, she weird. wasn't into it either. She's like, his energy is like it's just the last straw. I feel like she. I am comfortable as putting as well. that in stone. Hey, don't. Gra- hey, men, don't grab her. Like a spa day. He never had a mani pedi, <laughs> and he was very awkward and like he wow. didn't. Kind there was no like conversation. It felt like a like. The first moment of a first date. He's boring. It's okay to just say. They're not for each other. They don't light each other's spark. To Hope the, they light someone else's. To the uh, Probably Dale's. Dale pants scene. The pants, when they, Ugh. last episode, when they had to go find a gift to give her, he ripped his pants running then, is where those pants came from. And she smells the okay. crotch. Just all into it. Then okay. she hands it to, what'd you say her name is, Deanna? Yeah, I think so. What'd you say her name was? Well, they didn't really and spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. Kind of, she kind of crumples it up, but it's she's towards more of the butt than the crotch. Oh, no! Yeah. Yikes. Yikes, my Maybe that's one of those things that reveals something about your personality. Like, where do you sniff a pair of pants? I think I would a go... stranger's low, pants. <laughs> I think I would go lower right front pocket. And then to the room. Carry I on. saw it coming from a mile away. She, like, she likes him. If you Did attack you? him... She's going to get defensive of him. Your best bet was mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of you to sprinkle in up, just a few to get her radar up. 
but then you got to hit everybody else. And they yeah. just went. They were, they wrote a game plan like they were Bill Belichick, but they're not professional. A professional comedian could make a joke that would be biting enough that might change her opinion on Dale. They yeah. are not such comedians. They are not, art, they're not painting a beautiful picture. I also think the way they chose to edit it together, Trav, oh, they only put like the Dale ones Bennett in the to episode. what Katie's saying, he wasn't cracking jokes. He was making points. And yeah. And then he would say zing he afterwards. Cool. Again, that's, not a, that's awesome. It doesn't hey, make it, it better. It worked for I think Josh right. theory, I don't he know. walks off too. You are a hack. But I will say, Claire was like, they made it about Dale. Like, no, you made this about Dale. But like, Bennett, Bennett at one point like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't think it's just Dale. Like, bro, if you think you have a chance, you are the dumbest Harvard grad ever. Whoa! And, and, that's and then I put something. at the sure end, is. "Shut up, Claire!" And then in all, and then in all caps, nice. in the night of notes, damn. Yeah, for Tasha, <laughs> I literally wrote Tasha. Period. Damn. damn period. <laughs> it's rude. It's I rude in a quarantine to be out here reminding us what greatness in looks, the middle looks of like. My that's notes me was I. Period. Hate. Period. Dale. I also put, oh, shut wow. the up, wow. Dale. This is good. These are, this is, oh, uh, this is therapy. Oh, so Here you can continue. Like he's oh, Jesus. Slick. Dale. And I don't like it. I don't like his attire at all. Yeah. Well, Chip always was the well-dressed of the two. <laughs> um, it's, it's so good. good. Thank you, Travis. That was Travis with your bachelorette update. After the, you know, the thing. You play your stupid drop. Do you have it? I told you guys I was bringing a drop. I. <laughs> it's not that you brought it. It's that this was the first time you felt it necessary. Because it's your. Is there. A... Well, I guess so. We don't have no, time, have time, right? Because we're an hour and a half in. Can I. Can we. Can we. Can we, can we look at a tactical thing? Sure. Yes. Okay. I'll settle for that. And then next week when we have no bachelorette, we can bring back hot tab time machine. Everyone's favorite segment that Ashley, I think hates. Okay. (laughs) I think what I saw on our, I want to say subreddit, but it might've been a tweet was the tack shaver. And so I'm going to go to, Oh yeah. Hello. Uh, I'm now going to tackshaver.com If you guys would like to, Go along with me. Um, the closeness of a razor, the convenience of electric shaver is the uh, tagline, which I will say is a lot less tack heavy yeah. than the other tack products that we've experienced, mm-hmm. but we'll see if that changes. There is a quote from someone named Nick Oh, he's Nick the spokesperson for him. He does the commercials. So you're yeah, aware of this person yeah, yeah, that's by and this now. product. Wow. Uh, Travis continues to prove my any every point. Um, <laughs> but his quote as the spokesperson was, now that's what I call military tough. For shaving your face. For shaving your face. Okay. Um, which, again, one could argue, if one wanted to, that it's pretty disrespectful. But uh, Or you could say <laughs> that it isn't. And that's your prerogative. You can think that... Sacrificing your life at war for your country and your ideals is 
something you should apply to a basic daily to couple times day couple times a week activity like shaving your face. Uh, shipping's free. <laughs> it's got a ten year warranty. It's a double offer, which usually means we made too many of these. You want another one? Um, so it thirty bucks for two of them. But ten years. Keep going. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just pay. Six ninety five fee, which is separate for the second unit. So you have to it's free shipping, but you have to pay handling for the second one. And you can't just buy one. So that isn't that a fun way to trick you into spending more money and acting like you've received a gift. Huh. That's pretty, tactical. Pretty brilliant. I will say that is the most tactical <laughs> thing so far about this shaver. Let's go through the uh, the bulleted features and benefits. Mm. Compact and convenient. Use wet or dry. Ooh. Smaller than a credit card. Now, what? I'm watching a man use it, and I disagree. But the size of a credit card has always been up for debate. <laughs> and so I can understand where confusion is taking place. Twice the shaving surface of a razor. Now that's where you should start asking questions. First question being, when are we going to get tactical? Second mm. question being, how are you putting twice the surface on us on a credit card? <laughs> uh, it, while we're doubling things, it is also twice the power of bulky old electrics. Now, we have now introduced editorializing into the statement of value about this product. This product is good because old is bad, is what that says. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, completely waterproof, which I think you could have inferred by bullet number two, which I'll redirect you to, was use wet no, 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 it's not or same, dry. Because, like, some watches oh. you can get wet, but you can't like go in the pool with. You can't. This isn't a watch, it's get, a shaver. There's a difference between getting wet if you can get it wet while using it, I you could think. also yeah. drop it in a lake, bigger. though, you know? Sure. But you're, you're going to lose it. Because how many times have we all dropped our credit cards Zero. in the lake? <laughs> uh, it's small and compact. It has three powerful rotary heads. It's got a built-in trimmer for your sideburns and your beard. Okay, I think their point... Okay, so at the bottom, it's got a picture. One picture says waterproof with a picture of it in a glass of water. Mm, and then okay. next to it, it says, even works underwater with a picture of a guy using yeah. it underwater. Wow. I don't see those two as two separate uh, benefits. I thought that is the same. <laughs> you could skip the, there's never going to be a time you put it in a glass of water. Mm. So the picture of you using it underwater in a pool, which, are we if doing that? <laughs> are we just going out for a shave in a pool? I love putting, you know, shaved hair in pools. Like, who doesn't love that? You know, swimming in a pool of just I mean, discarded shave hair. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've my my shower drain clogs, so unfortunately, I do kind of know what that's like. Yeah, and it's disgusting. Pretty cool. Uh, let me read the the copy here because somebody got paid to write it, and we owe them that. To get a close shave, you need a razor and shaving cream. That is the first sentence. I did not make that up. <laughs> For a quick shave on the go, you need an electric. Well, not anymore. So here's what they did there, just to pause for a sec. They took, uh, they stated two facts and then immediately said those aren't even true, which is a good way to establish trust with your customer base. Tack Shaver combines the closeness of a razor with the convenience of an electric. It's quick and easy at home and razor smooth on the go. Plus, 
It works wet or dry for a perfect shave whenever you need one. Microtechnology, which is a phrase we'll use and hope you don't inquire further about, <laughs> makes it smaller than a credit card, yet also gives it twice the shaving surface of a razor blade and twice the power of those bulky electrics. Plus, Tack Shaver is completely waterproof, a thing I think we mentioned. Uh, you could even use it to shave underwater. If it once again, that. yes, with an exclamation point. Oh, sorry, I should read these two sentences together. You could even use it to shave underwater, exclamation point. How's that for military tough, question mark? What? Now, uh, I'd like to rephrase the question and just get rid of the word for there and ask, how is that military <laughs> tough? Um, I don't think our soldiers, when I think of their toughness, I don't think I've ever thought, and maybe this is a me problem, I've never pictured them shaving in a river. Mm. I've never been like, they are so tough. They remove their facial hair in the trenches of water. Um, uh, so get yourself a compact and convenient tack shaver. There's just nothing like it on the market today. Based off of this, in the context of our other tack items, which I believe were a tack pen and tack glasses, it feels as though tack and we'll have to stay tuned for future installments of this segment. It feels as though tack is the word you put on something when you are like, it does two pretty cool things that other stuff does, but this one's tack. It's mm. like a, it's like an added benefit without adding any benefits. Uh, again, I do think it's, it's manipulative and uh, it makes people take the thing that they've been told they must respect, which is our, our nation's troops. And it like takes it tries to assign that sort of weight to its product, which is a shaver. I don't I think that's fair. Right. I mean, honestly, if I had to purchase one so far, I'd purchase a pen. I feel Here's like I'm getting thing. more bang for my buck with the pen. And that's good because you can't just purchase one tack shaver, to be clear. That's right. You got to get two for only $30, but then that second one that you asked for, you got to pay six ninety five for it. Yeah. Is it? Uh, so that's that's the tack shaver, and I'm so glad we all know about it now. I can't, I can't Tune wait. in next week when we talk about oh, what else lot. could there be? And I feel like asking that question is unfair to you because I feel like you already know what exists. Next week, do we do the tack blender? Like, what is the next Ooh, appliance, Travis? Visor. Yeah. Tack visor. I'm in. I'm Ooh, ready to go. Goodness. We will discuss the tack visor and try to get to the bottom the of this whole wallet, tack I mean. thing. Hold on, let's not let's not give anything away. Yeah, Gotta keep the people Travis, listening. You'll get it. <laughs> we'll really, we'll tack this one down. You know what I'm saying? Um, it feels because we're not at two hours yet. It feels too early, but I think we oh, have. Here. What I was just going to play the clip of. Wait, I can't see. Play. Okay, what's this? Oh, why'd you do that to me? Oh, stop it. Now you're aware of why stop I said, it. damn. Also, I mean, I could... I, I've been on this earth for 33 years. I understood the context of why you said damn. I didn't need it shoved in my face. It's a personal attack. This is a personal attack shaver. Is we can cut that out. Right I just wanted to make nope, sure you saw it. it's in. And I'm upset because otherwise they're going to go, why'd she get sad all of a sudden? And now they know it's because you said, hold on, 
let me play this video of a beautiful woman getting out of a pool. Uh, my mom texted me the other day. She's been asking me when I'm going to be on TV, which is a very sweet thing. And I should just accept that. But now when I tell her, she texts me and says, hair up again today, huh? And then the <sighs> other day she texted me and said, don't let yourself go this early. And I was like, yikes, oh. yikes, lady, that hurts. Um, I just saw a couple people say like, oh, ever since such and such said something about Katie, she wears her hair down. Just know it was my mom, okay? It wasn't <laughs> such and such. It was Cammie Nolan accusing me of letting myself go that made me feel so badly that now I try desperately to wear my hair down every time I'm on Highly Questionable. But I've been doing my own makeup, which I am bad at. And it takes me a very long time because I can't, you know, when you're good at something, you can just do it mindlessly. Not me. If I try to mindlessly do my makeup, I put on things in the wrong order and it's a whole mess over here. What if you got like clip-ins that you could like put your hair in a bun and just hide it underneath. So when you're on TV, you can just clip it in. I don't know what you're talking about. My mom sent me clip-in bangs. She's obsessed with buying things on the internet that are cheap and then what? sending, like if I were a clip-in bangs person, my mom's been asking me to go back to bangs for a really long time. Wait, do you have those at your home right now? I do. Um, it's, give me a second to tell the story and then we'll decide if it's worth it. She's been asking me to get bangs. I personally am susceptible to bangs, which is the only way a woman can describe a relationship with bangs. You're either very good at resisting their gravitational pull or you give into it every now and then and immediately go, I did it, didn't I? I got bangs. I messed up. And so as a person who's very susceptible to bangs, my mom always telling me to get them. It makes it very hard for me to be like, no, I'm not going to get bangs. It's a dumb idea and it's going to make me upset in the long run. So then she kind of, I guess, conceded that I'm not going to do it. So she found on the internet really cheap clip-in bangs and mailed them to my house. And of course, as anyone who's ever bought a wig for a Halloween costume when they were in college versus maybe now when they have, when they're gainfully employed, if they are and they're that lucky, you can buy a nice wig and go, oh, this is what wigs are supposed to look like. They're not supposed to sit in the same shape of the bag they arrived in. The bangs that she sent me, I'm like, if I wanted fake ones, I would have invested in really good fake ones. These are awful. And uh, she asked me, I just, my plan with her was what my plan with her always is, which is like, just don't bring it up again. Um, and then she did what she always does because she's a tactical master and said, did you get the bangs that I sent? And I was like, yep. Who do you think's going to win the World Series? And she was like, are you going to try them? And I was like, mom, they don't – they're not my bangs. Have you tried them? I have tried them. And uh, you didn't send me a picture of it? I I will – after this, I will put them on and I will send you a picture. And you can post it in the Reddit maybe. I don't know. They're uh, – I just want to make it clear – if in any way they appear offensive, I don't even know how to say. Your mom's into offensive bags. They seem cultural. They seem cultural. <laughs> I don't know how to say this in a way that like these were sent to me. I did not ask for them, and I just don't want anyone to be like, "What is she trying to?" I'm, I will show you them, but I also understand if they're offensive. I don't. They are. Uh, Travis, do we have time for one more voicemail? Question. <laughs> Uh, Katie, Ashley, and uh, Tracy. 
what is the best beverage <laughs> for the fall, and what is the best oh. cup for it? Thanks. Uh, love you. Meet it. Bye. Oh, and my name is Arnold, if I didn't say that already. Uh, yeah. I think he said Arnold because he got one of those little phone packets when he said his name. So this was either Sam Darnold or <laughs> Arnold. But what I do know, Tracy, is that your name was loud and clear. Um, question was, what is the best beverage for the fall and what's the best cup for it? Uh, I will go with, excuse me? What are you laughing at? It's a mason jar. <laughs> Is the best beverage for fall? No. <laughs> I would argue that a mason jar, well, it could be a fall, may also be a spring or a mm. summer even. And we can discuss Ooh. this later. I would say it's hot apple cider mm. in a mug that makes you feel comfy. I don't know how, mm. either, uh, how else to describe that. Everybody, I think, has their own different type of – some people like a tall skinny. Some people like a big round, um, a girthy mug. Uh, one, might, one might say girthy. Whatever mug it is that you love, that mug that makes you feel like uh, you're in like a Hallmark movie, uh, that mug, mm. apple cider, is my you're, answer. Wow. Okay. I was – gosh, you and I are very much on the same page. I was also going to say apple cider. I was not going to limit it to hot because I do – I think there's so many different iterations of apple cider. You sure. could do like the hot spiced cider. Mm. You could do a cold hard cider. Sure. You could do a hot cider with whiskey in it, which, mm. I, you know, is delicious. Mm -hmm. You could do a hot spice cider with whiskey in it. There's so many options. So it's certainly apple cider. You can also have um, it just without alcohol if you're younger or have decided that it's not for you. Um, Ashley's just talking about her preferences. No, I do. I drink I, Austin gets drinks apple cider every morning. Wow. Do you guys coffee. hear that? Do you guys hear yeah. that? She's giving spiked apple cider. To, here's the other thing. I know that he calls it coffee. And so the other night when he was getting a drink, I called it a coffee and you made me feel very stupid. You said he doesn't have coffee. And I'm like, I know that. <laughs> Sorry, we haven't hung out in six months. So <sighs> I forgot what you knew and what you didn't know. I try. I've been around a lot of babies. Big boys. This yeah. week. It's see how it sounds creepier when I say that though. It's a lot <laughs> well, better to say I've been around a lot of toddlers. Boys, like I understand you, know? you call him a big boy. He's not a baby anymore. He's a big boy. But if I'm like, I've been around a lot of big boys this week, it's like, what the hell is this I lady think, talking about? I think you could say like big kids is a little less. He's not a big kid. He's, 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 he's a little kid. I've been around a, a lot of little kids this week. Also <laughs> problematic. I just have I babysat. It was a it doesn't matter. So you're going with cider and your and your cup was? I I was I mean I'm also gonna say a mug. That's okay. It's the right Ashley, answer. I was gonna say sometimes the answer is the right answer. The answer is you the don't answer. have to be a contrarian just to the rules exist for a reason. Now yeah. let's go to Travis who's going to break them. I'm gonna go with the Mason jar. Of course. Okay. Yep. And yep. Jack Daniels fire lemonade. Jack Daniels fire with Dr. Pepper. What? You are a monster. <laughs> Dr. Pepper has is it twenty three or thirty two flavors? 23 flavors. I think 32 is Baskin Robbins. Right. So 23, but that might be Heinz. Is that 27? Numbers. Analytics podcast. There are enough flavors in Dr. Pepper. It 23. does not. 23. Thank you. It does not need what I am imagining just by inference of context is a cinnamon spicy flavored whiskey. Travis is frozen and I think it's for the best. <laughs> Okay, so for our listeners, what happened there was Travis's hot take about whatever he's going to say is the best fall beverage 
uh, broke his internet at least, and we had to restart his computer. He's back with us now as he's the person in charge of recording. Uh, Ashley and I had some great discussion that will never see the light of day because it wasn't <laughs> rolling. But where we left off, I believe, was you were about to say what you think the best fall beverage is. Jack Daniels Fire. Oh, no, you already said it. That's right. And, that's what the problem was. And Dr. Pepper, and that's what said it. It's that's what, that's what set this whole thing off into a spiral, is that you want to put cinnamon with 23 other flavors. Have you tried it? No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what about what I'm saying has led you to believe so my, I've tried it? That was my you know, question, because how can you knock it if you haven't tried it? Which you could say about a lot of things, like meth, um, but I am comfortable knocking it. But there, I are, just... but there are reviews that are against meth, where I have, sure. yet, I have yet to see a review that is against Jack Daniel's Fire and Dr. Ben. I've never heard anyone ever drink. I've never heard that combination before. When there are so many other combinations to make before you get to that one i just wonder how you can argue that one is necessary is it that good it's the perfect combination how did it come into your life good question well i had originally it was crown royal and dr pepper and then I heard about none of whom sponsor this podcast. You're welcome for the free advertising. (laughs) I heard about that when I was younger. And so I had drank that. And then I was told to try Jack Daniels fire and Dr. Pepper and by a friend, just a friend. And that was correct. Cause it is or an enemy. Delicious. How sure are you of this friendship? Sure. Did Bob Ryan try you to tell you to try it? No. (laughs) Cause he doesn't know flavor. (sighs) It is. You need to try it, and then if you don't like it, that's fine. Thank you for allowing me to have a taste <laughs> of my own. And then if you don't like it, I'm off to a different podcast. I won't stand for it. Quite simply, I, what if I don't like it, and then all of a sudden I have a bottle of Jack Daniel's Fire in my that's house? That's a great question. Now, what do I do with all that? Invite me over. Actually, actually, I think uh, it's got antifreeze in it. So you could probably just put it in your car. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. So that's just biased, okay. Biased so uh, just to recap, Ashley and I went with a <laughs> mug full of cider, and Travis went with a mason jar full of the very specific combination of Jack Daniel's Fire and Doctor Twenty Three Flavors Pepper. Correct. All right. So who who's who can say? Who's right here? <laughs> Tough to tell the right side of history when you're in the middle of it. Am I right? I, Trav, I thought you were going to say like Oktoberfest. I thought you would say like eggnog and I'd have to argue with you that that's a winter drink. Yeah. I did not know this is where we were going to go. I'm not a huge beer person. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm allergic to you. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, you know what? That's it for this week's edition of sports. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to sponsors that Crown other podcasts Royal. have. Not tack. They don't tack. Shout out to Squatty Potty, the tack shaver, and Jack Daniels Fire. Um, and also shout out to Pod Promotion Info. Goes here. Ooh, do Pablo's. Uh, you should go Daily. listen to uh, ESPN Daily. Why? Well, because it, the way this industry works, that's like our flagship podcast, which you can tell by the way they edit it. It's edited in a very uh, edited in a very podcast mm-hmm. way where you're like, oh, I where there's music under it. Like if you're not into podcasts, it might be weird for you. 
or if you're into podcasts that have no editing, like this one, no, 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 it might be weird for you. Ours have production for the Bachelor. If you're into podcasts that have one drop, um, (laughs) then you might be like, "What's up with this?" But I think what's important is that Pablo is using the flagship podcast platform of ESPN to tell stories that are are like you can't argue they're not sports, but they're really, really interesting and might change your mind on some stuff. Like watching Pablo do that Mike Tyson segment on ESPN Daily, knowing that like how resources at companies work and who gets them and stuff, that is important. And so I think you should listen to ESPN Daily. Um, And I read that all. It was scripted. Somebody copy pasted that right into this doc (laughs) where it says pod promotion info goes here. Also, big thanks to you guys for listening now and then a second time because there's no ads. You need me to sing you a song? Listen to it a second time on Spotify or maybe on Stitcher. Those claps don't go to what I'm singing because we're over Zoom. Okay, or you could always, please, with the music, you could always leave a nice review wherever you're listening to this podcast. That's really, really good, Ash. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, we read and we love, this, love them. Like this one from Dance Baseball Life, three things I'm a fan of, that says... There's no other podcast. Is that an asterisk? Nope, it's a quote. There's no other podcast that gives you sports and just about everything else you might want. Want to learn about dinosaurs from a small child? This is the pod for you. Want to know what's up with the Bachelorette? This is the pod. (laughs) What about facts about this random guy named Trey? It's got that too. I might argue it doesn't. Oh yeah, and there's sports too. When I need my spirits lifted, this is the podcast I listen to. Nothing like catching up with my best friends, Katie and Ashley, every week. Yikes. I love you, mean it. Also love you. Also mean it. Also think dance and baseball are life. Uh, lastly, don't forget that you can always leave us a voicemail. <laughs> In our minds, we're clapping at the same time. I don't think that we are. The number is 860-506-5571. Say goodbye, Ashley. Bye. Say goodbye, Tiago. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. Mean it. Mean it.